To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God, to walk in his laws which he set before us. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 86 Bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me, for I am poor and in misery. Preserve thou my soul, for I am holy. My God, save thy servant that putteth his trust in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I will call daily upon thee. Comfort the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and gracious, and of great mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, Lord, unto my prayer, and ponder the voice of my humble desires. In the time of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou hearest me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. There is not one that can do as thou doest. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great, and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. O knit my heart unto thee, that I may fear thy name. I will thank thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and will praise thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the nethermost hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the congregations of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before their eyes. But thou, O Lord God, art full of compassion and mercy, long-suffering, plenteous in goodness and truth. O turn thee then unto me, and have mercy upon me, 
Give thy strength unto thy servant, and help the son of thine handmaid. Show me some token upon me for good, that they who hate me may see it and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast opened me and comforted me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 17th verse of the ninth chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider and call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for skillful wailing women, that they may come. Let them make haste and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run with tears and our eyelids gush with water. For a voice of wailing is heard from Zion, how we are plundered, we are greatly ashamed, because we have forsaken the land, because we have been cast out of our dwellings. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Teach your daughters wailing, and everyone her neighbor a lamentation. For death has come through our windows, has entered our palaces, to kill off the children, no longer to be outside, and the young men, no longer on the streets. Speak, thus says the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as refuse on the open field, like cuttings after the harvester, and no one shall gather them. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. Egypt, Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, and all who are in the farthest corners who dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the twelfth chapter of the Gospel of St. Mark. Then he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a place for the wine vat, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now at vintage time he sent a servant to the vine dressers, that he might receive some of the fruit of the vineyard from the vine dressers. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another servant, and at him they threw stones, wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully treated. 
And again he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Therefore, still having one son, his beloved, he also sent him to, the, to them last, saying, They will respect my son. But those vine dressers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. Have you not even read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay hands on him, but feared the multitude, for they knew he had spoken the parable against them. So they left him and went away. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant to pardon peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants, and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, 
our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Little thoughts about our lessons today. We start off in Psalm 86, um, which is a curious kind of um, poetic psalm where the first, uh, you know, roughly third of it to a half of it um, is uh, knows an incredible amount of illusion, um, which is a literary device um, by which a, a sequence of words is referring back to another part of the scriptures. And we have to remember that when we're reading the Old Testament, um, you know, pretty much everything is referring to something else. There's a, a tremendous amount of interior dialogue in the uh, texts of the Old Testament and between them. Um, and, and this psalm is curious because it, it, there's, a, there's a coincidence between the part of the psalm that verse by verse is kind of a, a calling back to something that has been said, usually in the Torah and the first in the books of Moses and the history of the sort of the founding of, of Israel. And the psalmist, um, which in this psalm is attributed to David um, in the midst of his, um, his sort of suffering uh, in the wilderness while he's being hunted. Um, and so about halfway through that illusion kind of uh, that, that, that ceases. And then it's right around the time that the psalmist attributed to David, to David get, gets, gets to the point of why he is praying in particular. Um, and so there's this significant um, kind of uh, poetic structure here that helps us to see that in order to kind of get to what the actual heart's desire is in this prayer and what the actual cause that the psalmist is pleading before God, um, the psalmist goes through this exercise of recalling the words of his, of his own people in their historical moments, particularly when they too were facing great calamity. Um, and so, you know, and this, this sort of allows the psalmist to enter into um, the, the the petition that he actually wants to make, that he's going to make before uh, the Lord. Um, and then through that process of remembering and then in, and then in sort of inhabiting his own heart's desire, he's able to receive consolation in that place, which mirrors, again, the consolation that God faithfully and lovingly provided to his people throughout all of those other instances. And that's kind of the, the poetry of this. And this um, this, the psalmist is the is you know is always depicted as the from the, the ideal worshiper, the idealized worshiper who is um, who is making these prayers in the midst of you know great sorrow and calamity, and you know demonstrates um, an honest struggling, but also a kind of un, unshaking um, confidence that God will in the end deliver His righteous one, as we see in Psalm one, that being sort of promised and that setting the thesis for the rest of the psalter, and so. Um, we have this, uh, so we have this, uh, this, this person who is undergoing great affliction, um, is surrounded by enemies, and yet the Lord uh, promises that if he upholds his innocency, he will be delivered. And that comes to an interesting point in Jeremiah where Jerusalem is, is, you know, is about to be besieged and its enemies are closing in around it and have already, um, sort of ransacked the place a couple of times by the time these prophecies are being made. And so when and so at the time Jeremiah is making these prophecies in um, in, in our reading for tonight, uh, you know the the city is sort of pleading with God, expecting you know that this will happen, you know that oh goodness our enemies are closing in around about us, and you know let's call out to the Lord, the Lord's going to save us again, and then we'll be back, you know back to normal. And Jeremiah is saying that is precisely not going to happen in this case. Um, for one, you, there's no have been, has been no innocency of life to speak of here, such that um, he, you know, as he, as, he, as we see in the closing of this reading, um, Israel will now be named among all the ancient adversaries of Israel, 
And it's a way of saying that Israel has become indistinct from those peoples who oppressed the, uh, the righteous, who oppressed the chosen people. Now the chosen people have become almost un, 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 indistinguishable. And so who among them will be preserved? And this is starting to draw our attention to a kind of a faithful remnant that will be preserved through the exile out of Jerusalem and then re be returned to it again. Um, but that it's, be, it's become difficult because Jerusalem has, is no longer easily identifiable as, oh, that's the city where God lives. Now it's, you know, God is essentially, you know, using the nations to ransack his own temple city. And so what is this going to mean? That, that, that prayer of the psalmist, um, you know, to, you know, let our enemies, you know, let my enemies be, be turned away, no longer is a prayer that that city can kind of meaningfully say. And so it's the, it's, it begins to draw our meditation to, okay, fa the faithful among this sort of, uh, this, this, the, this world ending event that is taking place, um, these are the ones who can pray, you know, for deliverance, but that deliverance is going to mean deliverance through exile and not deliverance from exile. And so we're starting to see that pivot point there where Israel is actually named among the enemies of, of God's people. Um, and becomes a sort of strange enemy to itself. And this comes to a, a point of, in the end where, where we start to see in Jesus's, um, in, in Jesus's own words um, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus is um, pointing out this fact as he is, you know, as we go from last night's lesson to tonight, he is telling these, you know, he's, he's offering, he's making these judgments upon Jerusalem and saying, um, you know, in last night's, right, this has become a den of thieves rather than a place of prayer. And that he's sort of indicting uh, the, the the temple city for not being the temple city, and then in this great day of visitation, he says, you know, you know, this is as though you know the vine, the vine, the vineyard owner is sending his own son to the stewards of the vineyard that he appointed, and they're going to kill him. Um, and this is, and then he finishes with a with a quote from Psalm eight, uh, one eighteen, um, which we'll see again. Um, uh, throughout Passion Tide, and then also at the Easter in, uh, on East on our, at our Easter feast, and during their first week of Easter, um, that the the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And it goes back if you go back and read that in context of Psalm one eighteen, it refers back to uh, the choosing of Israel among the peoples of the ancient Near East uh, when there were you know frankly cooler peoples to pick like the Egyptians or the Mesopotamians, the Babylonians, the Assyrians. Um, Israel was this like tiny little nomad people, and yet God chose them as his people to dwell among. And, and, they, and so the psalmist is glorying in, ah, you've picked this rejected people and who live in between these two great superpowers, and you've made them sort of head over both of them. Now Jesus is using this ironically to say, now, you know, this, the psalm that used to apply to Israel now applies to him. And so we're getting to starting to see the logic of Jesus as he's as he's summarily judging Jerusalem for its failures to be the people of God. He is hinting at the fact that what is about to happen is going to be the thing that inaugurates a faithful sort of remnant Israel within himself and one that will never be corrupted, one that will never fall away. This will be a sort of a permanent temple people that dwell in him. And so what we're about to see as we enter into the passion narrative that's about to pick up in Mark's gospel is how this is going to be done. And it's, and it's leading us towards Good Friday and Easter as we begin to see that this is what Jesus is doing. This is the redemption that he is doing is he has be, he's made, he has constituted within himself a faithful remnant that those who abide in him 
uh, abide among the faithful who have always been among God's people and are drawn into one people. And that, you know, but that his own brethren, you know, the, so, the, the people that were supposed to be the custodians of faithfulness in the world, these ones are going to be sadly and ironically the very ones who turn their back on the Messiah and reject him and kill him and sever themselves from that, the life that is to be found and the covenant blessing that is to be found in him. So for us, as we are, you know, near, as we're coming into the second half of Lent now, this is going to be our meditation. We have to remember that for us, it, you know, you know, especially as traditionalist Anglicans, we always have to, you know, take a lesson from this part of the gospel where, you know, we can sometimes be so zealous for orthodoxy that we end up crucifying the Messiah when he comes among us. Um, and so we always need to be, you know, wary that we are, you know, looking for the Lord's deliverance and that we are seeking earnestly in prayer, in community, to be, you know, to abide in Jesus Christ himself and to, you know, remember that that is the vital life in the midst of everything else, whatever forms, whatever, uh, whatever, whatever else is there. That is the thing that with which, you know, life can be taken on and beautiful, you know, the Christian life is lived out beautifully and creatively and without it, um, nothing else matters. So a couple thoughts for tonight. Turn to our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful evening and a good start to your weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Father Hayden. Yeah. Thank you. A wonderful night, everybody. Yeah, you too. Good evening.